So now please take up your Bibles and open them to the book of Exodus, chapter 33. We will be picking up where we have left off this morning. So tonight we'll be reading from Exodus 33, verse 7 to verse 23. Exodus chapter 33, verse 7 to the end of the chapter. It's on page 88 if you're using the church Bibles. Exodus 33 from verse 7. So now please pay attention to this infallible word of our Lord. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went up to the tent, went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the, on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand 
until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So please turn with me again to the 33rd chapter of the book of Exodus, which we'll be focusing on tonight. So this evening we want to continue, we want to pick up from where we left off this morning, um, focusing on the events that took place after the golden calf incident. This morning we saw the Levites who were ordered by the Lord to purge the people of Israel. They, 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 they demonstrated the faithfulness and their trust in the Lord by following the order. And that was followed by Moses' further intercession through offering, through his, 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 atone, his, his attempt to make atonement um, by offering himself for the people's sin. So we have basically looked at this um, issue of, of, of whom we ought to fear. Are we fearing man or are we fearing the Lord? And we also thought about our intercessor who made redemption, um, who made atonement for our sin. Well, tonight's passage actually um, follows the, the, the topics that, that we've, we've been thinking about this morning. And, and this passage illustrates Moses' intimate relationship with the Lord and how that was important for him to serve as an intercessor on behalf of the, the, the people of Israel. Especially after the golden calf incident broke out, Moses was the one who was interceding for the people. And today's passage, the, the, this, this, this latter half of Exodus 33, sort of demonstrates why Moses is eligible to serve as an intercessor on behalf of the people. Well, we, we first want to focus on verses 7 to 11. And if you read this section of this chapter, some of you may notice that this, these verses are a bit odd at a glance. Because it talks about Moses pitching a tent of meeting outside the camp. And this, this section of the passage talks about Moses' sort of encounter, regular um, meeting with the Lord at that tent of meeting. Well, actually, many scholars, many critical scholars, actually did not understand why this um, Exodus um, 33 verses 7 through 11 is placed here in the middle of the golden calf incident and actually in the middle of Moses' intercession with, with the Lord. So they, they simply conclude that this is one of the evidences that of the of the, the different sources that exist behind the, the, the Old Testament text. So they, they basically say this, is, this just doesn't make sense because this, these verses seem to just interrupt the, the intercession of Moses. And, and some people say this is just done by like a clumsy editor, later editor, who edited the Bible. And they, well, he basically didn't know what he was doing, so he just placed these verses in the middle of, of this chapter. I mean, seriously, many, many scholars um, think that way. But of course, that's not the case. 
obviously there is this these verses are intentionally placed in the present place and we need to be careful um how to translate these verses as well i think esv is doing quite a bit good job about that um if you have other um english translations um the these verses could um, maybe in some translations they just translate it as as like a like a continuing flow from the the Moses's intercession so it appears like like Moses suddenly pitching the tent in the middle of his intercession with with the with the Lord and like he encounters with the Lord and and the people kind of worshiping the Lord uh, with Moses but that is certainly not possible because please um remember the 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 context of today's passage Moses went up again to Mount Sinai to speak with the Lord and 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 Moses has been kind of encountering and speaking with the Lord directly on the mountain so he didn't have to pitch a tent outside the camp and and kind of like like meet with the Lord there on on this at this very moment so these verses Exodus 33 verses 7 to 11 sort of it's like a flashback to to Moses's past experience his past habit and actually these verses has been have been deliberately inserted after Exodus 33 verse 6 into the narrative of this golden calf incident in order to to sort of explain why Moses was eligible to intercede to 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 act as the as the role of intercessor between God and his people actually this this is like a like a literary technique um that is often used in the book of Exodus So the the materials are not always in like a chronological order but when Moses wrote the book of Exodus he sort of like flashes back he has like a flashback kind of thing he's like reminding us reminding the readers back to the past event and so he's deliberately doing so in order to 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 make something um to 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 argue something from that experience Actually um a while ago in in my um sermon um on on exodus 32 we have, we have, we looked previously that that while the focus of the golden calf narrative in exodus 32 through 34 is of, of course on the covenant breaking of the people it, it's it, it's here to to teach us the seriousness of our sin and how the the sin affects the 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 covenant relationship we have with the lord but also this this golden calf incident highlights the theme of the lord's presence because um the first verse of exodus chapter 32 um here the people desired to have the lord's presence with them with them by saying make us a god who can walk before us so basically the the people are here are sort of demanding a clear visual representation of God's presence that is that is supposed to be with them when Moses ascends to the Lord and 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 attempts to make atonement for the people so 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 sorry the, the construction of the golden calf is the people's attempt to actualize the Lord's presence among them and and 
here's an ironical contrast because when, when Moses ascends to the Lord and, and attempts to make atonement for the people, the Lord's response was such a disappointing one for Moses and the people because the Lord says in, in Exodus thirty two thirty four, Behold, my messenger will go before you, but he himself will not go. So here the people's desire to have the Lord's presence among them is sort of answered in a negative way. The result is the Lord's refusal to go with his people in Exodus thirty-two, thirty-four. And actually the theme of this presence of the Lord is further elaborated in Exodus 33, verses 1 to 5. And the Lord reminds Moses again in verse 3, I will not go up in the midst of you because you are a stiff-necked people. And in verse 5, you are a stiff-necked people. If for one moment I should go up in the midst of you, I would consume you. So the Lord is, is repeatedly saying that, that, that he will not go with the people. Instead, he will send an angel before the people. And this threat of the absence of the Lord, Lord's presence, so it serves as the background for Moses' intercession with the Lord in today's passage, recorded in Exodus 32, 33, verses 12 through 16. And importantly, Moses' regular meeting with the Lord recorded in 33, um, verses 7 through 11. So that this section serves as a basis or as a foundation for his intercession. In other words, Moses' intimate relationship that was kind of built up from this past experience of regular, regularly meeting with the Lord um, formed uh, or enabled him to intercede when the relationship between the Lord and his people was in jeopardy. The, if you look at verses 7 through 11, in these verses, um, it indicates that Moses used to go out from the camp to his tent of meeting. This, this, this tent of meeting is different from the tabernacle that, that was placed in, at the center of the sanctuary. Of course, this tent was placed outside the camp, so this tent can, cannot be the same tent as the one which was placed in the very center of the, the people's camp. So this tent of meeting outside the camp in Exodus 33 is, is sort of presented as the means through which the Lord maintains an intimate relationship with Moses. And their unique relationship, their in, in, unique intimate relationship at this tent is described as um, described in verse 11. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. It's a very unique expression, isn't it? The Lord spoke with Moses face to face as if a man speaks to his friend. A very, very intimate relationship was there between Moses and the Lord. And again, some people, some, some, some critical people, claim that there is, a contra there is a clear contradiction in this Exodus chapter 33. Because while verse 11 mentions that Moses spoke with the Lord face to face, if you look at the very last verse, um, the Lord says, 
Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And some people may, may think, oh dear me, well, what's going on here? Because the Lord, it, it, the Bible says, Moses spoke with the Lord face to face. And then several verses later, the Lord didn't allow Moses to see his face. And again, some people say, this is just like a contradiction. We've, we found an error in the Bible. But the, uh, uh, of course, that's not the case as well. In, 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 in the Hebrew language, the word face um, does not necessarily mean a physical face of the Lord. Um, it, the word face in Hebrew is sort of connected, rather connected with the, 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 the presence of, of, of an individual. So, for, for instance, like the phrase before the Lord um, appears many times in the Bible. But if you, if you translate that, that phrase literally from the Hebrew text, it can be in the face of the Lord. But whenever, when, when, whenever the Bible speaks about the, something that, that is before the Lord, for instance, that the altar was before the Lord in the tabernacle, but it doesn't mean that the altar was placed in front of the Lord's face. But it, it just meant that it was in front of the Lord's presence. So in the Hebrew um, language, the, the word face means his presence. And, and the phrase describes Moses' intimate fellowship with the Lord in the tent of meeting. And Moses was sort of like invited into the physical um, the presence of the Lord um, in this occasion. So when Moses enters the tent of meeting, the Lord descends to the entrance, the entrance outside the tent, and, and remained there. And the Lord spoke with Moses. Um, who, well, Moses was in the tent, and the Lord descends as, as a pillar of cloud, and the Lord speaks with Moses face to face, very intimately, um, And the recounting of this Exodus 33, verse 7 through 11, which is placed in the midst of Moses' intercession following the, the golden calf incident, so sort of underscores Moses' exceptional standing. So when, when the narrative sort of sequence resumes in, in verse 12, so, it, so, so it's connected from verse 6, so it's in the middle of Moses' intercession. And Moses sort of reminds us of his regular meeting with the Lord from, um, in verse 7 to 11. And he comes back to the scene of in actual, the actual intercession in verse 12. And here Moses continues to intercede on the basis of his unique position, his very intimate relationship with the Lord by saying... But you said, I know you by name, and also you have found favor in my eyes. So Moses is, is claiming to the Lord that about his, 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 his trying to remind the Lord of, of the, the, this intimate relationship that Moses used to have with the Lord at the tent of meeting. And this claim is actually validated by the Lord in verse 17. Also, this thing which you spoke, I will do, for you have found favor in my eyes, and I know you by name. 
another very significant phrase, the Lord knows Moses by name. Remember, Moses asked the Lord to erase his name from his book when he um, sought to make atonement for the people. But the Lord here says, I know you by name. The relationship between the Lord and Moses was such an intimate one. They spoke as if they were friends. The Lord knows Moses by name. And Moses found favor in the Lord's sight. This is a very significant um, fact. The word favor in, in, in the Bible can also be translated grace. So Moses received favor and grace regularly from the Lord. And this exceptional relationship enabled him to intercede on behalf of the people after the golden calf incident. Through this relationship with the Lord, Moses was able to act as an effective intercessor, per se. It's not just by chance that Moses um, acted as an intercessor. He, he has built his relationship with the Lord by his regular encounter with the Lord. On this foundation, the Lord actually accepts Moses' intercession. And the Lord says in verse 14, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So the Lord here says, I will go with you. Even after Moses' previous intercession, the Lord said, I will not go with the people. I will send the angel instead. But here in verse 14, the Lord says, my presence will go with you. Through Moses' intercession, the presence of the Lord was restored first for to Moses. And hearing this, Moses, Moses actually further intercedes for the people. Moses claims that, that not only Moses himself, but the whole people of Israel is actually a distinct people who have found favor in God's sight. Verses 15 and 16, Moses says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Moses is not trying to, to, to claim that he himself was special before the Lord. But Moses is also saying here that the people, the whole people of Israel, is a distinct people who have once found favor in God's sight. And this reminds us of the word of God before the covenant is given, um, that is recorded in Exodus 19, when the people arrived in Sinai, and the Lord first speaks to Moses. Exodus 19, um, from verse 4, the Lord says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I brought you on eagle's wing and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. The people of Israel was considered as a treasured possession of God from all the other nations when they kept the covenant of the Lord. If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, the Lord says here. And the people were about to actually lose this privilege by breaking the covenant, by making them a golden calf statue. And it is now being restored by the intercession of Moses, an eligible mediator between the Lord and his people. And the Lord also accepts this second intercession of Moses in verse 17. This very thing that that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And also, um, in verse verse 19, uh, sorry, in verse 17, this very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. The Lord accepts this second intercession of Moses, and the Lord sort of decide, decides here to, to have his presence with the people again. And this leads to, to Exodus 34, um, in which the, the covenant of the Lord is renewed um, um, again in, in this chapter. And then from, from verse, verse 18, another important theme appears. Moses here asks the, Lord, asks the Lord to show his glory to him. And this is also actually related to them, um, related to the theme of, of God's presence. Moses here wishes to see God's glory so that, so, that, sort of like, so that he can confirm God's presence is restored to Moses himself and to the people of Israel. So this request is from like Moses' Moses's earnest desire to have God's presence go with him and also with the people of Israel. But it's interesting that even, even for Moses who had a unique privilege as an intercessor, who was able to speak with the Lord as if they were friends, who found favor in God's sight. Even Moses was not allowed to see the face of the Lord. Actually, when, that was also true um, in, in the tent of meeting. Moses was in the tent of meeting, and the Lord descends to the entrance of the tent. And there, there should be a, a, a curtain, the entrance curtain of the, of the tent that separated Moses from the presence of the Lord. So Moses didn't have to, to physically see the Lord's presence even when he was speaking with the Lord. That reminds us of, of the passage in Isaiah. When Isaiah was called to his, um, his ministry. He sees the Lord, 
And and do you remember what 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 Isaiah says when when he sees the Lord? He said, "Woe is me, for I have seen the Lord." He didn't just just rejoice when when he saw the Lord. It was rather a a, a matter of life for him when he saw the Lord, because he knew that he he was sinner. He he, he has his own sin, and he was living in the midst of sinners. So here, for Moses, the Lord makes Moses um, to, to, to go on the rock. And he, interestingly, Lord, the Lord hides Moses' face when he passes through him, passes by him. And more interestingly, the Lord allows Moses to see his back, according to verse 23. Very interesting verse. Why is is Moses able to see the back of the Lord? Um, it's still the Lord himself. His, his presence is there. Again, the, the word back um, may be a little problematic translation um, here in English because the Hebrew word here um, for back is, well, can, well, it can refer to the, the physical back of, of a person, but it's in plural here. So, so it seems like it's not referring to the Lord's so physical um, back and his body. But instead, the, this word back probably refers to the path through which the glory of the Lord actually passed by Moses. So in a sense, Moses was not allowed to see God himself directly. But so he was able to see the, like the trace or, or vestige of, of, of the Lord's presence that, that walked before him. So here we see the picture of the Lord actually going before Moses. Moses is not seeing directly the, the, the Lord, but he is kind of following God's trace, and he's able to see the, the trace of the, of the glory of the Lord um, past there. Here we see the restoration of, 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 the, of the desire of the people, actually. We see the picture of the Lord going before his people. And after the successful intercession by Moses, the people are called to renew the covenant with the Lord in Exodus 34, which we want to see together if we have another chance, Lord willing. And um, from chapter 35, the people are called to, 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 to the actual construction of the sanctuary from 35 all, all, all the way to the end of the book. So with the renewed heart, the people kind of are called to, to, to renew the, the covenant relationship with the Lord. And through that renewed heart, people were willing. They, they, were, they were so encouraged and they were, they were just kind of, they offered uh, freely um, the, the belongings, the, the precious metals or, or the, the fabrics they had um, in order to, to manufacture the actual sanctuary. But as for today, um, we want to think about how we should apply today's passage, today's um, chapter in our life. As we did in the morning, first we want to be reminded again that we are given for us a far superior intercessor than Moses. Of course, 
that is Jesus Christ. And what is mo- the most important thing for us is that Jesus, our perfect intercessor, who maintains the deepest bond with his Father, is now with us. In today's passage, Moses found favor in God's sight through his regular encounter with the Lord at the tent of meeting. But Jesus, of course, embodies the most profound relationship with the Father as his Son. The bond of love between the Father and the Son is unparalleled. And we are now blessed with this intercessor who stands in perfect favor with God. Brothers and sisters, the essence of of our faith, the essence of Christianity, is not about seeking God's favor through our own effort or through our own deeds. Indeed, that, that is not possible because we all have sin. But instead... We have our mediator. We have our intercessor who has already fulfilled God's covenant and who secured his favor from his father. So what we need to do is we need to place our trust in this intercessor. And when we do so, we, are, we will be freed from our sin and we are able to walk in the blessing of the same covenant that the Lord has made with his people back in the Old Testament. We can't find favor. We can't, we can't find God's favor by ourselves, but, but we have this wonderful mediator, intercessor, who has done that for us. Jesus is, the, is our perfect intercessor who stands in favor with God. And moreover, he is also Emmanuel for us. Emmanuel, the Lord with us. The fulfillment of the Lord's presence. Jesus fulfills himself, the Lord's presence with his people. Moses asked God to show his glory to him. And Moses was only able to see the, a partial glory per se. He couldn't see the actual face of the Lord but he saw the trace of, the, of God's glory pass by. But now, as Apostle John writes in John 1.14, we have given the privilege to see Christ's glory. That is the glory as of the, the only Son from the Father. We are now able to see Christ's glory by ourselves. John 1.14 writes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As John reminds us here, we have seen his glory. We have already seen Christ's glory. Through Jesus, the presence of God is now with us. And it is Jesus who goes before us. Through faith in Christ, our sins are forgiven. And we inherit the blessing of the covenant. 
Again, it is not by our merit that we find favor in God's eyes, but through Christ, who has perfect, perfectly secured God's favor for us. We are made to live a new life through this Christ, with God's presence going with us, going before us. So as we commence our, our new week from today, let our focus remain steadfast on Jesus' intercession for us. Let us be reminded that we have this perfect intercessor. We have this perfect intercessor who stands in perfect favor with God. And through Jesus Christ, the Lord is now with us. His presence is now walking with us. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks for your precious word. And thank you that you fed us with your spiritual food of your word um, today on this very Sabbath. Father, thank you again for sending us the true intercessor, the true mediator of the covenant, Jesus Christ, for the sake of us. And through Jesus Christ's intercession, we are now called to live in the blessing of your covenant again. Father, we are aware that we are still very much weak, and we often make the same mistakes as the people of Israel. We often turn back from you, and, 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 and we, we often make our own idols in our heart. Father, please be merciful to us, and please correct us whenever we, we, we sin. Please make us aware that you are always with us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ sends us even at this very moment. Father, please continue to, to, to sustain us and encourage us so that we can find favor in your sight, not by our, our own effort or not by our own deeds, but just by your Son who has walked righteously on the earth and who has made atonement for us by offering up himself as a sacrifice. So, Father, as we, as we start our new week, please make us focus on Jesus Christ, and please make us trust in this intercession Jesus Christ makes for us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.